Hi, and welcome to episode 10 of After You. I'm Jane. And I'm Tarzan, and I would like to apologise because episode 9 got destroyed, even though it was a lot of fun. Yeah, you've uh, unfortunately missed out on our best episode yet. (laughs) Apart from this one, because in this one... I am going to be explaining why feminism is absolutely vitally important to society. And Jane? I'm going to be doing the complete opposite, which is going to be quite painful, I feel. And the idea behind this being that it's about how to debate rather than having an opinion. Yeah, let's begin. Okay, well, I think feminism is absolutely essential to society because, and again, sorry for everybody, but I've been teasing this one since episode one, the... Apparent status quo has to be challenged, and I feel that feminism is the perfect example, the original example almost, of how to challenge what's generally accepted as being acceptable or normal. I think it was once essential, definitely first and second wave feminism, but I think it is no longer necessary, at least in the West, And actually, it's moved away from being progressive to quite regressive. Well, I mean, today I have to be positive about feminism. So whilst normally I would talk about authoritarian left and uh, totalitarian control, etc., I still think there's a lot of hope for the future with young women, uh, young people who don't understand quite who they are with their gender or sexuality. And I think feminism encompasses all of that as well as other civil rights movements, you know, such as Martin Luther King and the uprising in the US of equal rights across the, I don't know what you call it, race spectrum. The narrative for modern day feminism seems to be a consensus that women are oppressed by men, and obviously that's fed in by the media, and if anything that's quite offensive, and that us fragile, very much in air quotes, women are besieged by male backlash and of course there are plenty of countries where women are persecuted horrifically and suffer unimaginable violence but in the west we respect and support the UN's committee on the elimination of discrimination against women there's so many initiatives um, and if anything I think we should be celebrating all of the progress we've made um, as opposed to reopening old wounds usually over quiet trivial bullshit. Again, I agree with you in my other angle. However, today I'm full positive. I think celebration is a great idea. And I do think lots of ideas get explored within modern feminism. And I think there's no reason not to explore things as long as there's a payout associated with it. And yes, I agree with you that feminism should focus on out of sight the West, as it were. Uh, civilizations and rights and making sure women globally get a voice and I think if only for an example of it working is let's point to the West and say well we've done it once and it works uh, that we, then we you know leapfrog as it were onto trying to spread that across the way but yes I do agree with you perhaps some people are too privileged within their uh, equal rights now that perhaps it gives a a darker edge to feminism, which I don't think we should be focusing on. Yeah, no, exactly. I think things like the number of initiatives and things like quotas, for example, are actually really patronising. And in some ways, if there's certain articles and initiatives and quotas that you would read about, 
that it almost treating being a woman as if it's a disability and therefore it's actually doing way more harm than good in the western society um i think you know originally feminism was meant to be all about fighting shame and oppression um however it's kind of come to contradict that very premise that it was built upon it's actually become you know it's become corrupt it's inverted itself well that's i think there's something called the the horseshoe theory or something like that where things start as one way and end up being the exact opposite of what they started as. Now, what I'm going to say, because again, I'm being very positive about feminism today, feminism started because intelligent middle-class or upper-class women whose fathers and mothers put them through education were thinking, I'm thinking, uh, but that's all I get to do. And they decided, well, we need more. And so they fought and campaigned, and believe me, not just they benefited from all men in the UK at least now have a vote because of feminism. So they've enriched lots of other lives. However, the person that's known for starting feminism, whose name escapes me, was also known that didn't think that black women deserved a vote. So there was an element of, let's call it edgy racism, if that's something that can be used back in the 1890s all the way through to 1910s. However, because the movement was successful, it inspired other movements to go forward and from that, we got, like I say, the civil rights movement of the US, and many other people have benefited from the model which feminism started. Yeah, and like I said in the beginning, I think feminism was once very, very necessary, and the knock-on effects we can't underestimate, they've been amazing. My argument is, though, that now we should be celebrating those movements, but it is no longer necessary, and at least, like I said, not in the West, and if anything, it's actually become more harm than good. I think uh, often feminism now is so busy policing people's thoughts and opinions, it's kind of lost track of what actually matters, and actually rather than rejecting sexism, it just kind of advocates anti-male sexism, and it kind of reduces complex human beings to people just being defined solely by their gender rather than a complex individuals with everyone with different needs, you know, interests and um, desires and often vilifying men as part of this very sad strategy of raising women by lowering men. Right. Um, how did I come to this? When the 80s were around, I had a, a feminist mother. And she taught me plenty of feminist ideals and plenty of uh, reasons to respect women. You may very well have a point with regards to 40 years later. That isn't done in reciprocation necessarily from all women. That's said and done. I think it's a silent minority of people who are angry at men for whatever reasons, and I'm sure they're valid reasons, and not the overwhelming majority of women. Because I think... Women generally, yeah, sure, they have a joke at a man's expense and all that. It's normal stuff. I think most women feel their son, their father, their husband are all worth having in their lives. For the best part, not everybody, of course, but for the best part. And I think the tiny minority that are very vocal and, you know, are looking to get clickbait, again, going back to the media, I think they are the problem. 
And I don't think they're real feminists. Yeah, I would agree with that, but I do think modern-day feminism has become synonymous with man-hating to the point that's what a lot of people would define modern-day feminism as. And I think our society is becoming quite fractured and that feminism is actually causing more divisions than bringing people together. And yes, it might be a minority, I don't know, but I do think that man-hating seems to be now part of the definition of what modern-day feminism is about. Okay, I agree with you that it can be divisive. And I would say that's because the people who look to be that way uh, are taking advantage of a power situation that they wouldn't have otherwise due to the women who came before them. So people who look to hate, regardless, they look to gain power, regardless of who they are, gender, sexuality, any of that, they're taking advantage of a free ride, as it were, with a good idea. Feminism's a good idea. It is looking to bring people together, it's looking to bring equality, not just to men and women, but to children, older people, uh, anybody with ability levels that are you know, considered to be unnormal, if you want to put it that way. I think feminism has been a positive guide for humanity, and I think some people are trying to hijack it at the moment, mm-hmm. but that doesn't take away from the ideal of feminism being a very good thing to follow and belief system. We just need to perhaps regulate ourselves a little bit better and point out when we have bad faith actors in our group. Sure, but I think it still goes back to the fact that once, yes, it was very much a force for good and it was once about gaining rights for women. I mean, I think the first wave was all about political equality and then after which it was about legal and professional equality and now we're much more looking at equality in society, which is also a big problem with it, is it's so much harder to measure. Um, But I do think now that it's become more harmful than a force for good and largely unnecessary. And I think it's resulted in pussyfooting, like a pussyfooted approach to women that means we can't be told anything anymore in a culture where fear of offence is maybe prioritised above welfare. I can't disagree with you on that one. However, what I can say is feminism came from Queen Victoria of the UK. So we already had a monarch who was a woman. And then through the ages, uh, we go, let's say, to the 60s, where we burned a bra and the contraceptive pill came out and sexual liberation happened. And from there, we moved all the way through to the 80s, which I mentioned earlier, where we had Margaret Thatcher being the Prime Minister of the UK. And now where we are, I think genuine feminists, the people who are still looking to progress rather than regress, they're looking to look to the future, which I think is outside of the West, because I think we've achieved quite a lot already within the West. Not everything, but quite a lot. And I do think we're missing out groups of women elsewhere in the world that we could share that good seed of hope with. And so, yes, possibly it has been a bit uh, back into itself, as it were, rather than spreading its message as it should, as it started, as it continued to over 100 years. Okay, Jane, here's a quick question for you. Why doesn't feminism find itself exploring the other aspects of the world other than the West 
to enrich the lives of, uh, let's say, Sudanese women or, you know, Thai women. Uh, let's even go for the big one here, Indian and Chinese women. These are people who have their own system of oppression culture, which I think feminism could, in the long run, maybe 100 or two years from now, benefit. I think, of course, if you're in a position of privilege, you should aim to help others. But surely that's just then another form of colonialism, trying to change a group of people's beliefs to fit your own because you believe that you are right and your views are correct. Like, who gets to decide that? And I know we often talk about China because you used to live there and it's an idea that I found very interesting because um, the communist agenda is very different from the beliefs that I've been raised. But who's to say what is correct in the same way that I would struggle to empathise with a communist belief and being so nationalistic to the point that I, you know, sometimes I would use the words like you know, brainwashing. Um, however, I'm sure there's plenty of Chinese people who believe that I've been brainwashed by Western ideologies. And just because something is an ideal is different from your own, who gets to decide what's right? And do you get to come in with an agenda and try to change a group of people's views just because you believe that you are correct and your culture is the way things should be. Well, it's a fair enough point, and uh, again, I kind of agree with it. However, having lived in China over five years and seeing how it works, where you don't elect somebody, you get the best person for the job in, and so you got a much higher system of uh, efficiency with regards to how everything operates. You're the head of the energy company, Turns out you've got a background in an energy company and running them, and you're not some British person who's just a politician who puts, oh, you know, the energy minister. So China has specialists in key roles within government. The people can trust in them. It works. I can tell you it's very effective. That all said and done, China has its own, again, very slowly moving, but getting there, uh, feminist march. You've got the, the Pink Army who go around the internet and tell off people who come in and say, this is wrong. And they say, no, no, in communism, women and men are equal. There is no top or bottom here, right? We're all the same. Don't tell me what you think with your prejudice, because in your own words, that's racist. I can also say that Shanghai, for at least the past five years, has had a gay march. Maybe not this year because of COVID. But they've had a pride gay, whatever you want to call it, march. Uh, Now, it's the only city in China that I'm aware of, but it's very well celebrated. And so there are progressive ideals coming into certain places like China, which you would imagine would be the opposite of the West. But let's go for all the ones in between, like India and like Saudi and like most of Africa. Shouldn't feminism be looking to bring a more equal equal aspect to what it is to be a feminist to these people who are unheard and underrepresented? But then I think then we're projecting what our idea on what feminism is and what equality is. I kind of know I've used the phrase before about equality, not sameness. Um, but I do think equality and sameness means different things and different cultures. And like I said before about not reducing people down to their gender, 
about treating them as complex human beings and part of being a complex human being is belonging to a certain culture and often because of those independent desires and needs are often tied in with the way that you were raised in the society that you were in and so why do we get to dictate those ideas well again as i mentioned only 10 minutes ago feminism in the uk at least came from fairly privileged women who were well educated paid for by their mothers and fathers and found out oh that's your limit and they went no 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 that's not my limit and they extended their limits and brought about a whole bunch of good things. we discussed this already, so I'm not having to go into it. And that changed the culture that they were born into. And I find that to be a benefit to everyone. Again, it could still be better. I'm all, all for that. But what I'm saying now is, why aren't we exporting this great idea? Yes, it's going to be difficult at first. Yes, you're going to have uphill challenges. Yes, people will be hurt. But in the long run, the idea, the good concept, gets to spread. Do you think that's colonisation and oppression of people by an ideology that they don't necessarily want to buy into? Or is Nestle okay with training kids how to make better cocoa? I think when you talked about spreading a good idea, like who gets to decide what is a good idea? I still think you are dictating what is a good idea. Like who gets to say this is the correct way for how this is done and one thing I would concede on is maybe there's a way of us supporting developing countries so they can move forwards in a sustainable way that allows more people to be heard without dictating those voices and I don't know what that would look like but I do think it does sound like a brand of colonialism to come in and be like, this is what we've done, this is what works, you should do the same. Okay, so I've got two separate points here, but I'll just start with the first one. When it comes to something such as, uh, let's say, basic penicillin, which can alleviate a whole bunch of illnesses and diseases, should we share that with the world? Definitely. Is that not colonialization? No, because it's allowing a choice. I think a way to it would be to make something available and I wouldn't see any harm in going, hey, like this is what we've done, this is what we found the results and we will happily support you if you want to um, uh, adopt some of these initiatives or ideas rather than what we didn't do though was come in and oh every time you're sick we're going to force you to take penicillin allowing people options i think is always a positive thing about choice but if you're taking away that choice and telling them the way that something's got to be done that's the, the okay. issue i have still on first point but part b covid vaccinations i discussed with you just earlier how the make-a-wish foundation apparently is no longer granting wishes to children who are terminally ill, who have not been uh, vaccinated, is that colonisation? Is that authoritarian left? I don't think so. Um, I think that's an idea that's really been thought through by a committee that have weighed things up and 
made an informed decision. Don't you want to challenge that decision? Because that's what feminism is, it's challenge. That's my original opening point. Challenge that decision, ask for the, the scrutiny, ask for the audit, ask for, where's the numbers? And again, I know this isn't an argument we're actually discussing in particular detail today, so I know we've probably not thought it through, but in your heart of hearts, this little Timmy, he's going to die in a year. He's got cancer. His mum and dad are like, you know what, he's going to die anyway. No COVID jab for him. Make a wish, can he go to Disneyland? No, he didn't get vaccinated. Come on, there must be some aspect to your soul. Even though I know you're... We should go get him vaccinated and take him to Disney World. Dumb. Right, okay. I can't I can't dispute that point. That's a perfectly valid point. If he wants to go to Disney World bad enough, he'll get himself vaccinated. Uh, point two with regards to colonialisation and all the rest. So I started off with... Uh, I started off with paracetamol. Uh, okay. Electricity, clean water, all that. That takes infrastructure. That's not just a pill that you can sell to somebody or show them how to make. Electricity, clean water takes years and years of development. Uh, is it wrong to assist people who don't have those things? Because that is colonisation, but at the same time you're aiding people and making their lives better. I think the key word there is assist. And again, what I support about it being a choice and going, hey, you know, Clean water, it's great over here. You should probably want the same. Like, look at it. This is you know, we're not getting sick as much anymore. It's great. We're not dehydrated. We're not getting all these illnesses. Hey, if you want the same, we would happily help you. And rather than just coming in and being like, this is the way it should be done. This, this is the way you should think. And I say, I think it's way more dangerous, maybe a little bit more insidious, to try to get. A group of people to adopt an idea rather than something physical. Okay, so would you suggest feminism is suggested to a people and whether they adopt it or not is down to them rather than enforce it? Yeah, I think always making choice is always the preferred. Okay, so to take this back to the West, I've noticed on social media that a lot of people get into fights over very little, but they get into big loud fights that apparently cause a lot of media articles that I find to be needless because the ideal of feminism is fine but somebody disagrees slightly somehow on something with someone else and all of a sudden we've got drama would you say that is colonisation within the West itself colonisation of the mind like memetics I would just say that's freedom of speech it's allowing us to be able to challenge each other discuss ideas and I think it's one of something that the West quite rightly is very proud of is our freedom of speech and the fact that everyone's allowed to have their own opinions and to challenge. But they're not, are they? Because we've got cancel culture. So if somebody says something the wrong way, like for example, J.K. Rowling apparently doesn't believe, and I could be mistaken exactly with the definition here, but she doesn't believe that trans women have the same life experience and lived history as biological women and she got shot down in flames by a again I say tiny vocal minority but enough of them to make headlines mm. that's going against a woman JK Rowling if I'm not mistaken and please forgive me for my lack of understanding here 
But I believe she was a single mother living in Edinburgh when she wrote the first Harry Potter book. She was on the breadline and wrote it so that she could explain to her child the possibility of hope and expansion. And of course, it is now probably the richest woman other than the Queen in the UK because of the success of her books. Are we oppressing J.K. Rowling, someone who came from nothing, went to everything, because she has an idea about trans women not having the same life experience as biological women, or are we supporting born men who may or may not be pretending to be women because it's advantageous to them in a competitive edge? I would say this is another example of allowing freedom of speech, the fact that she was able to put out those views and they were able to be challenged and discussed. And yes, a lot of people, you know, you're right, she got shut down by a lot of people, but there were also lots of people that uh, grew with her. And uh, yes, she was shut down, but it didn't land her in prison. You know, she was allowed because of freedom of speech, she was allowed to express her views on a public platform and quite rightly, people are allowed to say either you're right or no, I disagree with that. Right, but again, she's one of the richest women in the UK, if not the richest other than the Queen. Some people, you know, go to an office or a factory or wherever their workplace is and they experience life as they experience life. And they wish to have a grape, and for some reason they want to go to social media to have said grape. And grape then gets caught up by, I don't know, how Twitter or any of that social media works. They get caught up, and they are cancelled, they are fired, they are now no longer earning an income. And that, I would say, is wrong, but I wouldn't call it feminism. Because feminism would be, let's all get together, let's stand up. Some people hide behind feminism. And they're the people who I would say are the hate mob, if you want to call them a, a name. So where are you with regards to the hate mob and not being truly feminist? Are you in support of misogyny or hatred of women? Of course not. Um, but I think most people aren't, don't, don't hate women. I mean, of course, there's always going to be some dickheads in every society um, but I think that it's, this is the reason why feminism is no longer necessary because as a whole, as a society, people don't hate women. Women aren't given opportunities. You know, men aren't oppressing women. And as I said before, actually, the media, you know, trolling out this narrative. I mean, if you pick up any newspaper, you can read stories, you know, the pay gap and, and new initiatives and all of that. And that's just building up this, I think, false idea that women are fragile and even being female is like having a disability um, and it's actually doing way more harm than good. Okay, so if I posit to you the idea that feminism is a great ideal, it's got a great history, it's done a lot of great things for humanity. However, if it were as it's done before, what I mentioned before, the original founder of feminism was racist. That obviously got reformed. Uh, chastity and, uh, I don't know, brevity with regards to uh, how, uh, how can we put this, sexual you are, uh, that got reformed in the second wave of feminism. We're in the third wave, which, uh, again, I think is still positive, it's still good, 
but could we perhaps reform it into a fourth wave, which maybe, uh, how do we put this, you point at your fellow feminist who is a fake feminist and you say, out. Would you say that would be a reasonable enough fourth wave beginning? Yeah, I think that would be a really good start. Um, I think something which I've pronounced this week the third time about people being way more than their gender and along the same lines, you know, you should be able to say to a fellow feminist, you're a shit person. Yes, you might be a feminist and there's certain things I agree with you with, but that doesn't mean you can't be a shit person. You don't need to blindly agree with anyone that's part of your collective, whether or not that's feminism or something else. And I think my point is that what I'm arguing against is what feminism has come to stand for today. Okay, so just to wrap up, what do you think feminism has come to stand for today? I think often, sadly, it's synonymous with man-hating. I think there's definitely, it seems to me, white feminism, so often it's skirting issues such as race, sexuality, class, rather than tackling those issues head-on. Um, I think it's often bringing up, I think the words I used earlier was trivial bullshit and trying to open old wounds that are just not necessary, rather than just embodying your beliefs and basically carrying the fuck on, um, yeah, rather than opening old wounds. Okay, well, again, I think anyone who opens old wounds is a bad person. And I still think that feminism is a positive, empowering element that every, certainly girl, should aspire to, every woman should reflect upon, and every man should respect. That's my conclusion as to why feminism is awesome as essentially a part of society. Would you like to tell me, in your own words, why feminism is not required. I think feminism is no longer necessary in the modern day in the West because it, as I said before, has become more regressive than progressive. It's doing more harm than good. We've made such huge strides. Women aren't oppressed anymore. We're not fragile. And basically feminists are turning it something into a thing that's just not a thing and by doing that it's yeah, making women out to be fragile when we're not. It's causing an issue that no longer exists. Okay folks, listen after the break because we're going to have a little back down and chit chat because this was all us flipping the charts, okay? And I'd like to hear I'd like you to hear us speak about the other side and how difficult it was for each of us, okay? That was really fucking tough. <laughs> okay, Jane, I know that was uh, difficult for both of us because we were coming from either side of the equation there. Uh, how did you feel about it? It was painful. It hurt. You were, you were killing me itself. How you can bring up me? Poor Timmy. That was a low blow. Poor, like, t- poor Timmy. Poor, poor Timmy can go to Disney World with or without a vaccine. I do not believe. Let, let's crowdfund for poor Timmy. Uh, I've got to say, it wasn't that difficult for me because I'm sure anybody who's listened understands 
feminism isn't bad. I just have issues with certain parts of it, which I think Jane brought up quite nicely. Uh, because, yeah, we do need a little bit of change and reform. But we're not here to talk about all the serious stuff. We're just going to talk about how difficult it was. Yeah, it was really, really tough. I mean, I will concede some of it got me thinking a little bit. Like, it definitely um, hit me a little bit too hard, the comment about uh, the fact that feminism should be working against shame and depression and sometimes it can shut down and be quite oppressive. Well, it's like, I don't think it should be, but sometimes it is. It can Um, occasionally be, by individuals, used incorrectly. It's a a tool by individuals. Exactly. And so that was eye-opening, but I do think most of what I said was complete bullshit. And And I don't. I thought you did an excellent argument. If anything, I know I want to always... uh, The whole point of debate is to win. And... Yes, I would love to have won today because it's such a pure and utter concept. Feminism is great. And I do believe that. That's not me bullshitting or making any nonsense. But I've got to say, your argument, because because I know you came from the, uh, the stance I was holding today, mm. I thought you delivered a brilliant argument. And I can't say I want you to win because that would go against what my <laughs> argument was today. But I thought you did an amazing job, Jane. So uh, thank, thank you. you. Oh, thank you. Uh, and so, I believe this will be our last time for a while, at least, being face-to-face. And so, uh, if you would like to finish up, after you. Hey, I think it's uh, fair to say that you won that debate and that, obviously, feminism is essential and necessary. And I was full of crap on this episode. Uh, I think I'd, yeah, that's the note I would like to end on. Thank you very much, Tarzan. Previously in episodes. <laughs>